Welcome to Living Water Radio. We are surrounded with claims on our time and on our lives. Voices all around us tell us what we should need. What is the one thing that is needed? Today, we're going to find out. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm serving part-time in Monterey Park, California, maintaining our yard as my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer of the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. I was the first born in my parents' family. I tell my three younger siblings that they should be grateful that I was such a good baby because our parents said, we want three more of those. My mother had four babies in five years. I was actually four when her fourth child was born. Two weeks later, though, I would be five. The oldest sibling in birth order is usually the responsible one because they grow up taking care of the younger siblings. We were so close together in age, however, that we somewhat grew up together. I don't recall being consciously aware of being responsible for my siblings, just the oldest. When you read or hear the story of Jesus and Mary and Martha, though, don't you get a clear picture of their birth order? The Bible doesn't say it, but don't you just picture Martha as the older, responsible sister and Mary as the younger one craving attention? Parenting contributes to this. I read about a comedian who came from a large family saying that her mother had once told her that when her oldest sister coughed, she called the ambulance. But when her youngest brother swallowed a dime, her mother said, that's coming out of your allowance. I once heard Garrison Keillor, humorist author and host of the public radio show A Prairie Home Companion, observe that when the first child comes, you're panicky. With the second one, you're skittish. With the third, you're nervous. And after that, it's just pure entertainment. I asked my dad what he thought about that, and he said that he wouldn't say it was pure entertainment, but it did get easier. Here's what happened when Jesus encounters the sisters, Mary and Martha, in Luke 10, verses 38 to 42, starting, Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He and his disciples stopped at Bethany, about two miles east of Jerusalem over the Mount of Olives, at the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, his best friends in the world, his home away from home. It was Lazarus who Jesus raised from the dead, but who doesn't appear in this story? Luke tells us that Martha welcomed Jesus and the disciples into her home. It was a very unusual thing for a woman to be the head of the house. Scholars think that Martha may have been a widow. One of my favorite preachers, King Duncan, points out that the name Martha means lady or mistress of the house. Maybe her name changed to fit her new self at some point. We can also picture a rather large house for the time, stocked with enough food to care for 13 hungry men at a moment's notice. We also know that she was brave. 
as the authorities were looking for a way to kill Jesus, so it was dangerous for anyone to be known to befriend him. Then Luke reveals something more in verse 39. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. To say that she sat at the Lord's feet was an expression meaning that she was receiving formal training from Jesus. In Acts 22, verse 3, St. Paul declares that, I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, educated strictly according to our ancestral law, being zealous for God, just as all of you are today. St. Paul said at the feet of Rabbi Gamaliel, one of the most respected rabbis in the history of Judaism. Some of us remember a time when there was very clear delineations between what was considered men's work and women's work. Mary was doing what would have been considered man's work. A woman being taught by a respected teacher like Jesus would have been actively discouraged and almost non-existent. A husband would not even teach his wife. Men and women's worlds didn't mix. Martha took on the more traditional role and was not happy that Mary didn't, as we see in verse 40. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. We see how much things have changed when we hear this story and wonder, well, what about the disciples? Why didn't they offer to help? Theirs was a very different culture. It wouldn't even have occurred to them. Martha speaks directly to Jesus as one used to having authority in her home, also a surprising attitude for a woman in Jesus' day. Jesus knows something that the others don't, however. Jesus speaks as one who knows that his time on this earth is short. Jesus sees that Martha is distracted by what she sees in front of her. The guys cutting hair at my barber shop were saying the other day that business had slowed down, that the days leading up to the 4th of July were the slowest in recent memory. They said that people were filled with uncertainty over where the economy was going, and so were putting off things like haircuts. Martha was worried about carrying out her responsibilities. She was the responsible one, and we couldn't function in the church or anywhere else without people like Martha. I mean, as a Bible study I once read on the passage asked, who would you rather work for, Mary or Martha? And who would you rather have working for you, Mary or Martha? For Martha, though, her worries had become a distraction. We see it in verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. I read a little book on time management once called The Tyranny of the Urgent. Its point is to learn to separate the urgent daily demands from what is enduringly important. I read about a guy who said, I live every day as if it were my last. That's why I never do laundry, because who wants to do laundry on the last day of their life? Urgent or important? Martin Luther, the 16th century church reformer, was reportedly digging a hole to plant an apple tree when a member of his church stopped by to talk about the member's belief that they were living in the end times. He asked, Dr. Luther, what would you do if you knew that the world was going to end tomorrow? Luther replied, I'd plant my apple tree. 
urgent, or important. Martha wanted to know who was going to feed all these hungry men, who was going to fill the cultural demands of hospitality, all urgent. But Jesus encouraged her to consider what was of enduring importance in that moment. Providing hospitality in your home is encouraged throughout the Bible. Some consider it a spiritual gift. I took a continuing education class at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena by Dr. Peter Wagner, who had written books on the subject. He said that as a former missionary family, he and his family were often asked to house and feed visiting missionaries in their home. When such an event was about to take place, everyone knew their jobs. They planned every minute, cleaned the house, stocked the refrigerator, treated their guests like royalty, and when the visit was over, they collapsed in a heap, exhausted. They did not have the gift of hospitality. People with the gift of hospitality open their homes in such a way that you feel you belong there without any need to impress. They give themselves to their guests. What was needed? What was more important than what was urgent? Jesus says it in verse 42. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Food and drink are urgent needs, but satisfying them is temporary. There's a diner near our home, Mr. D's, that is known for its large portions. A page in its menu references this with the observation, the trouble with our portions is that four or five days after eating here, you're hungry again. What endures? What is the better part? What some translations call the better portion? In the movie City Slickers, 1991, with Billy Crystal and Jack Palance, a group of friends from the city sign up to go to a dude ranch for adventure in the midst of their midlife crises. They are charged with moving the ranch's herd of cattle to a lower valley, which becomes more and more difficult as they go. Everyone admires the foreman, Curly, played by Jack Palance, because he seems to have his life together while theirs are falling apart. At one point, the character played by Billy Crystal asks Curly about the secret of life. Curly holds up one index finger and rides away. One thing. What is the one thing that is needed? What endures? A living relationship with the one true living God, the one thing for which we were created. It's been said that human beings have a God-shaped whole, that we cannot experience the wholeness for which we were created until it is filled. That is the one thing for which the church exists and for which we exist to bring people to that wholeness of body, mind, and spirit that has been God's desire for us from the beginning of our creation, the thing that God finally gave his life for on the cross. What defines our lives? What shapes everything about us? Only one thing is needed. Everything else is merely urgent. Live the relationship with God for which you were created, a daily gift through the power of the Holy Spirit. Be defined by it in every way, and, like Jesus, share it with your friends and your family. Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. 
If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated, to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <laughs>